Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Compiler with your hosts, Maddie and Serbi. We've discussed gender and racial diversity in length on this podcast and how the tech industry is moving towards a world of further inclusion with greater emphasis being placed on hiring minorities, including people of color, people with disabilities, and of course, women. Though the industry is paying closer attention to hiring more diverse candidates, the pipeline problem can only be solved if academic institutions are first and foremost creating opportunities for minorities to enter these fields by nurturing welcoming environments to support their students. So today we're going to dive deeper into academic institutions and how they play a role in increasing diversity within the industry. We'll be interviewing Professor Julia Hirschberg, the former chair of the Columbia University Computer Science Department from 2012 to 2018, and only one of two women to have chaired the department. Thank you, Professor Hirschberg, for joining us today. What's amazing about you is you've received several accolades in the computer science world, and though we could probably spend the whole episode talking through them, I wanted to bring up some of your you know, most notable ones, including being elected to the National Academy of Engineering and receiving the Columbia Engineering School Alumni Association Award for Distinguished Faculty Teaching, um, and of course, receiving several Best Paper Awards for your research. Um, so thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm happy to. Great. So to start us off, I remember being a student in the Columbia CS department. And in 2017, during your tenure as chair, the department announced that women comprised 45% of the computer science majors at Columbia. Safe to say we probably had one of the best gender ratios of peer academic institutions. Some comparable numbers we pulled up are that Harvard has about roughly 30% of computer science majors that identify as women, Stanford at 32%, and UC Berkeley with 28%. These are all impressive numbers given that the national average of female undergraduate majors in the field is just 18%. So I'm kind of curious to hear the story of what changes the department has made in the last decade and what active efforts on part of professors have allowed for this like, level of equality in the department at Columbia? So a couple of the things that uh, have been done, and they were before I was chair, they were started before I was chair, with attempts to retain people who are interested in computer science in the lower level introductory computer science courses. Because I remember when I came to Columbia, I was the advisor for the Barnard students who were majoring in computer science and there were only four. <laughs> and that really increased incredibly later on. So one of the things that I'm sure you both probably were aware of was that Adam Cannon and some PhD students who were interested in diversity started the Emerging Scholars Program. And this is a program for Anyone can join, but mostly the people who do are women or underrepresented minorities, and they're mostly people who have not had a lot of computer science experience before they came to Columbia because their high schools weren't teaching it. That's getting better, by the way, but there's still very few high schools that teach computer science or that teach it really well. 
So anyhow, the Emergency Scholars Program was designed to keep people in computer science. They would meet, uh, it started out, they would just meet informally, kind of Friday afternoons and talk about computer science as a way of solving questions. And they would often have graduate students in there talking about what sorts of questions they were trying to solve. But it's not just a matter about learning to code. Then another program that was started also by Adam was the Computing in Context program. And this was actually started initially not to get more people into computer science, but to help people in other disciplines who wanted some computer science background. But a lot of those people have ended up changing their major from English or some other arts and sciences or even from the business school or the SIPA uh, to computer science. And this basically just teaches basic computer science, but the um, projects that you do are in other disciplines. And uh, there was a, a new one of these that was started last year at Barnard in computer science and the arts. We also have one in computer science and computational linguistics, which was initiated by people who are starting a, up a linguistics major again. So those are the things I think that have been really super in trying to improve diversity. Uh, at one point, I remember 47% of our computer science majors were women. Now it's uh, only 43%, but I think that's possibly because of the pandemic and people taking off for a semester, but it also may be because we're just getting such a huge additional interest from everybody in the computer science major. That's awesome. You know, personally as a student, I very much remember the Emerging Scholars Program starting out, um, gaining traction, being advertised to me in my early CS classes, and I think that was really pivotal to see that there was a space being made to encourage students like myself to keep going, to keep persevering through this major because as Maddie and I, and of course, Professor, as you know yourself, this is not an easy major. It takes a level of tenacity to really get through it, I think, and having that space through the Emerging Scholars Program and having that more inclusive class like Computing in Context certainly makes it a more inclusive space for students who didn't who didn't and don't typically see themselves as part of this major. You know, kind of thinking about some of our peer institutions, what do you think is the key in Columbia's success with their gender ratio that some of these other institutions, like the ones we mentioned before, aren't able to see? Um, you know, a lot of these other places also have really great resources, some of them even more so than us. So what do you see as the potential fundamental difference here between us and them? And can some of our principles and our successes be applied to them can be extended to our peer institutions as well? So I think that ESP program is something that I always talk about when I go to other of these institutions and they say, oh, but how could we do that? Uh, so I mean, I think you have to just do it. You have to have faculty who are passionate about doing this. And that's what we have. And I think that's been a huge help for all of this. But we also have a lot of students who are interested in helping. So the Women in Computer Science group, I don't know if you guys were in that, but 
that has grown since since I came to Columbia in 2002 that has grown huge <laughs> and basically what we're seeing is something that was initially started by grad students and run by grad students now it's all undergrads practically <laughs> a couple of my stu grad students are in it but mostly undergrads and they even have to like compete to get on the board now <laughs> they have to get elected but they have done a huge amount to improve the feeling of inclusiveness in the department for people who are women or underrepresented minorities. We also have some other groups, the ADI group, which is focused on not only female, but also underrepresented minorities. And they have, they come up with all these events. They have all these hackathons. So it's, not just the faculty, but the faculty, you know, have to be supportive. And for all these projects that they do, they have faculty mentors, but they run things. And it's just been amazing the way they've done that. Um, so I think it's both a combination of the faculty being passionate about diversity and figuring out what the best way is to keep people who are interested in computer science, but also I think it's been a huge amount from the students who have been supportive of their fellow persons and mentoring them and, you know, just making, <laughs> there are a lot of parties with muffins, which apparently are very, very popular. So, you know, it's just ways of keeping people engaged. And I think that's something that other uh, departments in other schools might want to do. I mean, Cornell is also doing some really great stuff on improving diversity there. And they have a lot of uh, projects like this as well. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think what you said is kind of hints at how Columbia has created a culture of promoting diversity, you know, from the administrators, professors, down to grad students, TAs, and like you mentioned, a lot of the student organizations such as ADI and Wix, Women in Computer Science, have really been helpful in terms of that. You also mentioned a bit about, you know, the numbers of computer science majors going up and down a bit, but steadily over 40% in the last few years, which is great. So I am curious, you know, what are we doing to maintain this, especially in the pandemic? Um, have the numbers been dropping in the pandemic? And how do you kind of hope to push this number closer to 50-50 or perhaps even 51-49? That would be lovely. <laughs> um, so a couple of things. Uh, first, the organizations that I mentioned have all stepped up and they're running lots of uh, events and things on Zoom. But our um, student services people are amazing, and they run a lot of panels. They do. I did a talk for them as well a couple of weeks ago, and they have a lot of events that students are encouraged to attend. And so I think this is part of the way that we're keeping things going. I should also mention that it's very helpful to have as your dean a female person who cares about diversity. <laughs> so if more schools had those, if you look at the schools that do, you see that there's a lot more diversity in computer science. So Cornell is one of these. Actually, Notre Dame, we just sent one of our faculty, or she went, to be dean there. So I think a lot more places are actually 
concerned with diversity in the higher levels. Our current dean is going to be provost <laughs> as of July 1st. And having women in those positions of authority is extremely helpful, not just in what they can do, but in the way things are seen by other people. So yeah, I think this has been huge during the pandemic to have that kind of support. Certainly. And I know earlier when we were talking, you had mentioned uh, the inclusion grant. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and kind of the hopes and goals for that, um, you know, within the computer science department? Yeah. <clears throat> so the inclusion grant is through Northeastern University. It's funded by the Gates Foundation. And we were some of the earliest people to apply to this. So it was me and Rebecca Wright at Barnard who applied together because she had some programs there that she wanted to encourage. And this was the, hers was the Computing Fellows Program at Barnard, which trains Barnard undergrads to support faculty and students in courses. And so this has been extremely successful, apparently. Actually, we're talking to some people about this tomorrow. And also, this is uh, providing support to our Emerging Scholars Program and allowing us to expand that, which is excellent and particularly needed during the pandemic. Um, and also, we can make the the groups a little bit smaller so that they have more attention, they can get more things done. Then there was another thing that they are funding, which is our 1004 lab, which is a lab that's associated with their first year 1004 CS program. And basically this helps people who have very little programming experience to uh, feel more comfortable doing coding. So the ESP is to show people that we're talking about answering questions. And the 1004 lab is also to help people, but in a different way, to get them more feeling more comfortable about writing code. And both of those are great. And they're also supporting the 1002 Computing in Context course, which basically has been expanded. And the way it's been expanded was partly in order, at least so I've been involved in this, and so one of the things I wanted to do was to expand it into some areas that we might get more interest from women and underrepresented minorities in, and that would be computer science and the arts and computer science and linguistics. So we have two new aspects of the program focused on these, and they've been very successful too. So we're really happy with the support we've got from this program, and it's continuing, and will probably continue for a few more years. I'm so happy to see that we've gotten the resources through this inclusion grant to really work towards putting a deliberate effort towards including underrepresented minorities and our female students and encouraging them into computer science by you know bringing in more TAs, by bringing in more opportunities at an interdisciplinary approach to computer science. Um, we've certainly talked at length now about some of the gender diversity and the gender equality we're seeing within the computer science department at Columbia. However, I'm curious to hear as what you see as some of the challenges and maybe even the next steps 
for increasing this diversity, both gender diversity and racial diversity within our department. Does that potentially include thinking about our professors? Um, I wanted to actually bring up a statistic that only 15% of tenure track computer science faculty members in North America are women. So, you know, I would love to hear what are maybe some of the efforts that we're putting forth to increase the diversity even more so that, than what we see today. Yes. So I think everybody is aware of the problem. Uh, the higher up you go, the fewer women and underrepresented minorities are in the group. So there are fewer, actually there are quite a few women in the master's program, but as you get up into the PhD program, there are fewer. And certainly as you get into the faculty, there are fewer. And some of the things that Columbia has been doing to try to address these two problems, one of them is we, our dean started a program to, it's called a Presidential Fellows Program. It had existed, but she has changed it so that there are more presidential fellowships available. And faculty are encouraged to think about diversity when they nominate people for this. They're not all women and underrepresented minorities, but those certainly have formed a large number of the people who've gotten these presidential fellowships. And so that's one way of increasing the number of percentage of women in the PhD program, which has been a problem. But we're encouraging our faculty, and I've been on the PhD admissions committee for a long time and we're definitely looking what I used to do was I would look through all of the applications and when I found good diversity or either female or ethnicity diversity people I would find the faculty member who was they were interested in working with and I would send them email and say please consider this person they look great so that that's one thing that we're doing as far as the faculty, that's a challenge for everyone because now everybody is concerned about diversity. So <laughs> diverse people are getting a lot of proposals from different academic institutions to please come and be faculty with them. We have a pro vice provost for diversity who has a program and this has been huge in helping us at least get people to want to uh, recruit women and underrepresented minorities. They actually give you some money for them for the first three years. Not a ton because, you know, computer science professors do get a lot of startup funds and things like that, but it's been quite significant. And what I found when I was chair, particularly, was that the faculty were much more excited about finding diversity candidates because it seemed to them like, wow, this is another free slot. <laughs> Anyhow, whatever they're thinking, they do start looking at it. Usually people um, mainly look for people who are like them, but this makes them actually want to look for people who are not so much like them. So we've gotten a lot more offers out to women and underrepresented minorities, and we've been able to get a bunch of them. Uh, the ones we couldn't get <laughs> went to other really great schools. So we can't you know, fault them for that, but it's always sad when you lose someone you really want. But this has increased our numbers of women and underrepresented. We got our first underrepresented minority, first African-American a couple of years ago when I was chair.
Yeah, it's it's been really great to hear about all these programs that Columbia has at, you know, the faculty level, the student level. There are definitely just like a lot of different gears running at the same time mm -hmm. here. Um, you know, it's clear there are a lot of things for CS departments to balance. So switching gears a little bit, you know, aside from diversity, I'm curious to hear what you believe just the main issues facing CS departments in higher education are, and one that you know, I think Serbia and I can relate to is maybe over-enrollment in terms of the fact that within the last five to 10 years, there's just been explosive interest in CS. And, you know, how do schools kind of determine how to balance that along with increasing diversity at the student and faculty level? There are just a lot of things to consider, I'm sure. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, I know schools consider, and some do, uh, limiting the size of their computer science undergraduate group. This is something that's been raised with us, but we're never going to do it, as far as I know, because we just don't think that's right. So the problem that Columbia has, as I'm sure you know, is the lack of large classrooms. So it's very hard for some of the introductory courses to be taught to everybody who needs to get them. Uh, we have increased the size of the, our teaching faculty, and that's been very helpful since we can teach more of the same course with different people teaching it. Uh, so that's useful. One other thing that Columbia is doing is expanding uptown. So we're increasing the size of the overall campus. And hopefully this is also going to increase the number of classrooms that we'll have and the size of classrooms. But I think with the pandemic, this has given us the idea that you can't do hybrid classes. And if everybody can't fit into a room, they could still take your course. So I think some good things are coming out of the pandemic, and that may be one of them, that more places will see that it's possible to have more people in the major than maybe they thought before. I don't know how other places will think about this, but I know that this is something Columbia is thinking about. So that seems like a, a, good, a good effect of a pretty bad situation. <laughs> Certainly, and honestly, it made me so happy to hear that you said that we're really not considering barring students in any way from pursuing the major because, you know, an example that Maddie had uh, talked about with me earlier was that UC Berkeley, for example, has a GPA cutoff for a student to declare computer science as their major. And if you think about it, you know, we've spoken about this already several times, is that those first couple classes are quite difficult for students that don't come in with that coding background. And so, of course, it's possible and inevitable that people will struggle and, you know, maybe get a lower grade than they thought and, you know, work their way up through through some of the higher classes as they take them. And so by barring students who didn't do as well in those first couple classes, we're really cutting them off from an opportunity to succeed and do better and to learn from their mistakes. And so I'm so happy and so relieved to hear that we don't have any plans to do that. We really want to keep this major as accessible and as open for students as possible. And I think, you know, by doing that, we will certainly see that gender, racial equality that we are hoping to see um, in the coming years by really making it as accessible as possible and by encouraging people from all sorts of backgrounds to continue to take our, close, our classes. So that is really wonderful. But 
Professor Hirschberg, I just wanted to thank you so much for your time today. Um, it was so wonderful hearing from you and certainly hearing about all of these wonderful improvements that we're making, whether it's through the grants and resources that we're getting or the provost uh, program that we have that's you know encouraging and pushing more diverse faculty members for us. All of these changes from the higher levels down to the student groups are making very tangible differences for our students. And from the time that Maddie and I were, you know, you know, new little freshmen who were starting the computer science program, we've seen immense growth. And as alums, we are so, so proud to see that growth and to see that change that the department has um, gone through over the past couple of years. And we certainly credit a huge part of that change to professors and department chairs like yourself, because you've um, really been at the helm of a lot of that. And so thank you so much for your deliberate efforts and your initiatives and your commitment to this, um, to seeing this equality, to seeing this diversity in the program, because it really does come from individuals like yourself. Um, so thank you for both that and also for your time today. Very happy to talk with you all. Wonderful. And thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Compile Her. You can catch the rest of our season and the rest of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks.